How's it going, Daniel? Are you all right? I am good. I have yeah seen United batter twice again this week. Yeah, I feel like at this point it's become yeah inevitable, amusing. I was going to say. So this is how I rationalised it. I was at Anfield the other night as yeah. kind of like the second goal went in. I found myself like sort of laughing. I guess the rationale being that like I think about like yeah like I laughed. Like, I've laughed at much worse things than, you know, I laughed when, when yeah, I laughed when I caught, when my wife cheated on me. Like, not my current wife. My, my previous wife. The fact oh, I was going to say, big music. reveal now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like EastEnders. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I, and, yeah, so it's just like, if you can't laugh at United being shit, yeah. then, much as I'd prefer them not to be, and also it makes me intensely furious in other ways, yeah, I feel like. I once interviewed a guy called John Holmes, who was chairman of Leicester for a bit. Uh, he's Gary Lineker's agent. Okay. He's, I was interviewing him because he was once chairman of Leicester. And he didn't really want to buy the club. And when he bought the club, even though it's sort of you think it's your dream, like own your club, because he's from Leicester, he's always supported Leicester, always followed them. And he said that the thing that he hated most about being chairman was having to sit in the box, nor being able to sit there with his mates taking the piss out of the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess... Looking at it from that perspective, the piss that you're currently able to yank... I mean, even yank is actually the wrong word. No, no, it's coming slowly, out. Right? <laughs> slowly leaks, it lies out of all the players, all the bastard time. <laughs> I know. You really picked one to go to Anfield because that was that was dreadful. D- different uh, Arsenal. I mean, yeah, I still got battered, but very different performance. I I so. probably shouldn't confess to this on the internet, <laughs> but I walked there from synagogue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I left I left synagogue early doors, having done security, walked five miles to Arsenal and back again. Right. right. I guess I prefer I'd used advisedly to say should have won didn't. Yep. To got clad, should have been by more. Yeah, I guess there was something of a response from the players that there was like certainly going forward, United were were pretty good actually. Created a lot of chances, hit the post what two or three times. Probably should have had two more penalties than they got. <laughs> I haven't seen those again. I must say, there's two. There's one where Alanga's dragged down, and it's just so fucking obvious. And he didn't even check VAR, and I'm not really sure why. And I haven't seen an explanation as to why he wouldn't check it, since he was quite happy to do it for Arsenal when the offside had already been called, which is the first offence. But anyway, and then there's the one where. I think it's Tavares falls over tackling Sancho and handballs it. Because I don't think when you're lying on the ground and you scoop the ball away, (laughs) that's a natural position for your hand. Yeah, yeah, fair. I mean, and also just to... Like, something that happened in this game, and also something I guess I'm thinking about now, because Liverpool playing Everton as we're recording, and there's more than half an hour gone. And it's nil-nil. Everton have managed to refrain from conceding a goal just by being relatively sensible, putting in effort... Yep, and then which kind of reminded me of when United played Everton, and as the game was kicking off, I thought, if you're Everton, this is the fixture you want. Yeah, you want Man United at home. Yeah, like what an absolute disgrace it is. And you kind of, I've also you find yourself using words, the kind of words that you laugh at idiots for using on football phone-ins. Like it's a disgrace. Yes, yeah, yeah. You like behaving like those people at least like. Sharing some of their thoughts because we've, we've all become someone calling Robbie Savage, haven't we? I, Mo Salah said it after the Liverpool victory. He said they made it easy for us, I, and when you, which is 
like true of almost every fixture United are involved in at the moment. No uh, one else concedes goals like they do. I yeah. honestly like what they do so beautifully. Like the, my favourite iteration of this, I think, is Sheffield United at home last season. But it's consecutive errors. Yep. Where you get these goals, where literally like every member of the back four and half the midfield is fucking up, either successively or in concert, and you get. I guess we could semi excuse Varane in that he hadn't played for a bit. Yeah, but, but he's definitely caught he's cold not on meant at least to one. do that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. still. And I, with him again, it's just why aren't you making the people around you play better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is rarely individually responsible for like the mayhem, but he should be doing more. Surely he's just you. Your Champions League, Varane. Yeah, you've got these. Just telling people where to stand. I mean, he's got the he's got the United disease, but I don't know that he's a good communicator either. I mean, it doesn't help that he only plays. One we game can. Two. That should be the club's new motto. We will fuck you up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Basically, like every player, like. And even someone like Di Maria, who you could argue Van Gaal just completely bottled the job after Leicester, yep. stuck someone he played to play attacking midfield up front, yep. and and then it just didn't work after that. And, but he was like, he's had like a year in his career where he was crap. And it was at United. The only one. It, it's amazing what we'll do. So, I mean, I, I, I find myself drawn to... Ralph Ragnick, and I know he's gone demob happy and he's saying things he probably shouldn't do in public, but he deconstructs every performance in a much more efficient manner than he appears to be actually building a team. So his ability to sound like a director of football while being oh, United's but, manager yeah. has been great and very entertaining and the best part of the end of the season for me. As a manager, he's been a massive, humongous, massive. colossal failure. Yeah, yeah. But... He's been important because he said a lot of the stuff that needs to be said. Yes. That makes it harder. And he said it in public. Yes. Which makes it harder for the board and the players to hide. To back out. Yeah. We know that he despises all of them. Yep. <laughs> and it's and the fact that the manager has said it out loud hopefully puts a bit of pressure on the board to start getting rid of players. Because yeah, if yeah. you think about Pogba Lingard, Cavani are going. Yeah. Matic. That's like and Matic. A Matic. A Matic. That's 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 a fifty million pound pair in wages. Yeah, I for sure. Yeah, it's about a million pounds a week. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, Matter by the way, come on yesterday. He runs like now. Like he's got his legs are tied together. Like someone's <laughs> yeah. tied tied it together at the ankles. He can't move. He, he runs like I I do when I've got a, a band and I'm in the gym. So yeah, yeah, not moving it's, quickly. Yeah, it's, or he's desperate for a slash. Maybe it's all of those. Maybe it's all of those things. Well, he's but, getting on a bit. Maybe he's leaking a bit these days. But how, how? What's the point in having Garnacho on the bench? You're literally just bringing him along to sit. If you're sure. two goals down, even I know, and you bring on the bloke who's leaving, like Lingard. Was it, were we one goal or two? I think we were one goal down when you brought Lingard on. I might be wrong. And then at that point, I still said, "Why is he doing this?" Sure. But at least if you think that you, you need a goal, Lingard might affect the game, and you think Garnacho won't, but. At the point when it's 3-1, why on earth are you bringing Matter on? It didn't make any sense, but he said something after he brought Hannibal on at Liverpool, which, of course, was the best part of that game when Hannibal went around kicking people, that he doesn't want to bring young players on in this situation because it's not good for them. You'd rather, he'd rather bring them on when you're 3-0 up. And I kind of do understand that a bit because I... you don't want to expose these players to the crapness that is United and you want to kind of have a fresh start with them. But still... There's a literal example of that not being a law that United played against yesterday. 
Like, Arteta's yeah. getting a lot of credit for the fact that Arsenal are like back in their rightful place of sometimes challenging for fourth. <laughs> but the reality is that, I mean, I had to watch quite a bit of Arsenal last season because I was watching them for work and in the Europa League and yep. stuff. So, and see, I think even the season before under Emery, and in fact, that's so I could see in those snippets that I was seeing that Smith, that, that um, Saka was a player. Sure. And but Emery only not Emery um, Arteta only started playing Saka and um, Smith Rowe when he had no uh, Martinelli even when he had no options sure he was yeah. about to lose his job and it was toxic yeah. so he had nothing else to do because sometimes your best players are the younger players yeah, yeah and and I'm not saying that Garnacho should be starting every game for United I am saying that if you're three one down with ten minutes to go you Why might as well bring him on and not bring matter sure. on oh no look i fully agree it's it's the best of you know two difficult choices there I'd rather bring young players into a team that's successful of course but united aren't there and won't be there for quite some time until we've had this big reset you get a lot of fans on board and we've seen this at arsenal when you bring a lot of young players into the team and they made a decision at arsenal that it wasn't working getting older players on shorter term contracts on big wage packets that weren't delivering to just go with the youngsters anyway and saka has added to the talent, he's added some output this season, which was always the criticism. He wasn't scoring goals or even providing the assists. And now he is. And that's taken his game to another level. And it will happen at United too. If Ten Hag brings in younger players to this team, and imagine he brings in younger players and United still get only 60 points next season. He's going to take a lot of heat, but he'll take less heat than And he'll playing. probably have a year to sort it out. But exactly. One of the so, things that I guess I found... I mean, the thing about the actual game was it felt like a missed opportunity to ruin Arsenal's day. Yeah. But one of the things that was slightly consoling was that they are not in the cusp of being good. No. <clears throat> they're not the first choice fullbacks and the centre forward that they buy away from doing very much more than what they're doing now. With, I think even if we didn't buy anyone with a manager doing a good job, we'd finish above them next season. But with players coming in and players going out, I'd be surprised if we finished below them next season. Yeah, I mean, it definitely needs the house cleaning to happen. Paul Scholes said something which um, I think was a bit naughty of him, really. He said, I just had a chat to Jesse and he's been talking to me about the dressing room and it's an absolute... I can't remember what, he, what words he actually... Poisonous? Toxic? Or disgrace somewhere. or something. Disgrace, I saw right? that. Yeah, something like I saw that, that, yeah. 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 Uh, so he shouldn't... He probably should... I, I mean, like, Lingard's one of the problems, right? Clearly, but... But and he's going, so I guess Lingard feels free to say that kind of thing. And Paul Scholes revealed it. Probably shouldn't. I was kind of reminded also during the game of I don't know if when if oh uh, one oh two when on a sun United played Liverpool on Sunday and lost three one the goal when Risa scored, and then the following day they played Arsenal in the League Cup and lost four nil. Right, and I remember seeing they lost yeah the three one and four nil on Sunday and Monday, and. It was the other way around. Obviously, we lost four to Liverpool and three to Arsenal on this occasion. But this was obviously quite significantly worse, even though neither of the games meant anything because we're still in this horrendous position of being absolutely useless. I mean, the the, the defending in particular, but it's just ultimately they can't score or stop other teams from scoring. Like They find both of those things intensely difficult. And Which is the problem when you're playing being a football, football team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the first, first Arsenal goal was a case in point, wasn't it? I mean, it's, uh, the ball comes across, no one closes him down, so Dallow doesn't get to the cross. Both Varane and and Tellez missed the ball. It's gone through both their legs, basically. <laughs> and then Dave's pushed it into the 
attacker's path, well, in, in fact, Tavares's path, who's the player who put the cross in in the first place, so no one's tracked him across. And Dallo is still on his heels. What's that, four errors in one goal? It's pretty special to do that. And at that point, I'm thinking they won't declare like Liverpool did. Yeah. But luckily, it turns out that they're shit. So it didn't, it didn't get bad in the way that it might have done. But even the 3-1, you're still thinking, Christ, we could, score, we could let another one in here. But then, I mean, the second goal was like, in this way, that was one of those things that was amusing in its way where you just have to find these, this shit funny or else you'd be sitting there going, we've literally been made to see them score their second goal twice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, it was a really curious decision because... Um, obviously it's offside offside comes before everything else I couldn't work out and and obviously they don't do referee interviews which they really should I think everyone would enjoy that except for the referees Um, (laughs) so I haven't had seen clarification on why that was given as a penalty because it's not obviously it's a foul but that comes after the offside so anyway it's just one of those things the foul after the offside makes no sense so, I mean, it's because it's, if it's offside, then it's offside. It's offside, yeah, and everything else matters. Nothing. I mean, except for if you go off and headbutt a player afterwards, nothing else after that matters. So, uh, anyway, but bef- it, actually, it was- I think it was before that, but it might have been after it. You, Arsenal got a free kick, and it was sort of near the left, the left edge of the box, and Sancho was the draft excluder. Right. I have never in my life seen anyone make such a fuss about doing that. Should you like this <laughs> angle? Should you like that angle? It was and it's just like, actually, I now hope that it zetses you because this is so pathetic. Because the thing is, right, is when no one lay behind the wall, yep. almost no free kicks went under the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost lying never. there is the safest place on the pitch. If you're lying there, the ball is not going there. Yeah. And yet he... It was just so wimpish and so characteristic of this team of yeah. absolute wimps. On which point, it was the thing that really, again, characterised it for me was what Maguire said before the Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. Where he yeah. goes, it's, we're not trying to stop them winning the stuff. And it's, yeah, yeah, I know. This is just, just another game for us. Just get on board, for the love of God. And Harry. it's just, yeah. you don't get to say that if you're crap. Yeah. Because if you're rubbish... And you treat it like any other game, i.e. like you've been treating all the other games, except you're playing the best team in the world, probably on form. Sure. You'll get a hammering. But in any event, in general, if you're playing a team who are a lot better than you, you if you don't play like psychopaths, yeah. you haven't got a chance. No, that's right. And he basically gave it up at that time when, when Arsenal were beaten in the tunnel before the game. When yeah. Roy Keane gave it to Patrick Vieira. United the best beaten. Premier League game I've ever been to. Yeah, it's just awesome. So, best league so game, good. In fact, not best, best league game I've ever been to. Yeah, and but United were beaten in social media before you know, going <laughs> to Liverpool. I just, I, I just wish Harry would shut up. What I really wish, to be honest, and I don't want to enjoy to kind of join the the Twitterati toxic mess, but I just wish he'd just fuck off. I mean, he's symbolising. <laughs> he's just symbolising everything that's wrong at the moment. It's not entirely his fault, but. Money plus pathetic performances plus wimpish, sorry, I'm sorry, to social media posts, plus that interview where he basically said, I don't give a fuck, basically. Um, just, I just wish he'd fuck the fuck he off. He doesn't, I can say, it's just, it's, the thing about what he said is, it's like, number one, like, you're captain of Man United, you should understand that the treble yes. has to be defended at all costs, and say so. But also, like, they're just, it's just so thick. There's so many better answers there. Like, I don't know. It is a matter of personal and professional embarrassment that Liverpool are even right. on for this, and we will be doing everything we can to stop that from happening. 
that's the sense of balance because the the way you compete, it's not that like, you can say one thing and do another, obviously. Sure. But that what the way he said that is the way that this team compete. Like they're, they're wet. On I'm just watching. You got this Merseyside derby and um, Thiago has accidentally. I don't even know done it on purpose. Trod on Richarlison. And it's about 20, 25 yards out from goal. And once the ball goes dead, like when, when someone, Decoure clatters Firmino, uh, not Firmino, Fabinho, who incidentally is a big Bolsonaro supporter, like his wife, when you yeah, hear about yeah. Liverpool and their left wing support. Likewise, Alisson. Anyway, the yep. whole of the Everton team are, are out there. Even Pickford. Yeah. Pickford is out around the ball. and it rem- Fighting rem- for it. Yeah. Against Liverpool, there was a time in the second half where Fabinho just ragged old Bruno from behind, chucked yep. him to the floor. No one does shit. No one says anything to the referee. Never mind that like, the whole team are there in Fabinho's face. And it just shows the total lack, not just the lack of moxie, but the lack of moxie, but also just the lack of spirit. I totally agree. There's a... You're on a football pitch, right? Even if you don't want to have a fight, you're not you going to sh- have to. There's yeah, a referee yeah. there. There yeah, are loads right. of people that will stop a proper fight from happening. So if someone you're not even you're not playing on Hackney Marshes, where if you rise up at the wrong person, you'll be wishing that you didn't. Yeah. Um, sure. I was once playing football in the London Legal League, and I wound up the wrong centre back, thinking I'm playing in a law firm for a law firm against another law firm, and threatened to stab me around the back. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the only person in the United side that threatened to stab anyone, I reckon, is Bruno. But even his like anger and 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 pumped upidness has turned to whinging this season. So there's a, there's a report in the people, and like take it all oh is it the mirror? Take it all with a pinch of salt, of course, because you know who knows. I think it was Steve Bates, and I don't know whether he has ties into the Ragnick camp or not. But he said <laughs> Ragnick's produced a dossier on each of the players and then starts naming players that he doesn't rate and it's just like a it's a it's a who's who <laughs> just go number one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like exactly. the announcer at Old Trafford yeah. number one David De Gea yeah. <laughs> it did have me chuckling and I really hope it's true it, if it is true and Ten Hag's taking the job anyway well, all power to him well I'm sure he sees what there is and thinks that he can get more out of what there is and there's there are some still some good players there but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure quite where you start. We want, we still want that number six. And the funny thing is, I wouldn't even be that surprised if we didn't get one because I've, Ten Hag might think that he can't get who he wants, so he's going to get by around it. I wouldn't even be that surprised if that happened. I mean... Yeah, I but, mean, he would he would be very foolish, but... Uh, so. But I think it'll be something like a number six, a centre-forward, and a, a centre-back. But then yeah. I, I say that, and I think, but what about the full-backs... Yeah, yeah. Like we must, like we must do something about the fullbacks. Must do something about the fullbacks. Must have that def- number six. Definitely need a new striker. Not sure if they've solved the the right sided problem. We, we don't have a right winger. I mean, Sancho will be. Much we don't better. have a keeper who can play with the ball. So playing a Sanch- high line is a problem. Sancho will be much better. Yeah. With um, if he's on the right with the fullback. But what you say about the keeper in the high line is a weird thing because. De Gea, I think, should have been one of the greats. And the reason I think he should have been one of the greats is because, obviously, he's got... Not obviously, but he's got the greatest reactions I've ever seen sure. in a goalkeeper. But the things that he's not good at look so obviously improvable. Yeah. Just come off your line a bit. Yeah, yeah. Just come, test, get a bit better. Call, come for crosses. Call, pull for the ball. In 10 just, years, he's not improved that. It's amazing. How, why hasn't he got better at that? I just yeah. I don't get it at all. Because you can't. I can't say to Dean Henderson, like... 
get faster reactions. He is what he is. Yeah. And we should have sold him two summers ago, I think, because he's never going to really be good enough to be a United goalkeeper. Sure. So at the peak of his value, they should have flogged him. But anyway, you can't tell Henderson to get better at doing the stuff that De Gea is really good at. But the stuff that De Gea is, re- isn't, is bad at, it's just very hard to understand why he can't just be better yeah. at it. Funny thing, when he was 18, 19 and at Atletico and they had a good run in the UEFA League, uh, Europa League, and he was pretty good with the ball at his feet and he's just lost so much confidence over the years and he just he's not even competent. And maybe it's the standard of you know, what Alisson and Edison have done in being I mean I think really like 11th man out I mean Edison so. Edison is a different level sure. but the all the other keepers I don't watch a game very often and think that the, the the outcome or the momentum in this game is massively affected by a goalkeeper who's good with his feet like I, it's not for me so much that De Gea isn't good good enough with his feet it's that he's rooted to his line yeah, sure. Oh, so, that's crime number one, and then the second crime of him not being able to United not being able to play out the back is partly his fault, not his entire. So, fault. like you see the goals, like the one that we conceded at Burnley, where the bloke runs from almost the halfway line. Yeah, whoever it is, is Jay, that dickhead Jay Rodriguez, I think it was, and De Gea is in almost the same position when he doesn't save the shot. Sure. He was when Rodriguez got the ball, and it's much more because you can. If you the goalkeeper doesn't have to be brilliant on the ball to play a high line, he he just has to be prepared to use his feet and to stand well well off his line to sweep right. up. Yes, and he's not able to or willing. There's no to do reason. It, yeah. There's no reason why De Gea shouldn't be able to do that, but he doesn't do it. Yeah. So just the keeper, two fullbacks, a new centre back, a defensive midfielder, a striker, and a right winger, and and all our problems are fixed. And some brain transplants. Because that's one of the other things is like just the overriding thickness of it all. Like, yeah, yeah. how often do you see anyone run across the near post? Oh, God. It's, this is the thickest United side because either they're totally unwilling, which appears to be what the Ragnit camp is saying, or totally unable to take even basic instruction on board. There was just a moment just before half time, United are on top. And they allow the ref to blow the whistle when they're in Arsenal the final third because no one's got the brain to put a ball into the box and see what happens. Yep. And yeah. I mean, I, come on now, I've obviously I've been watching these people play. I don't expect there to be a perfect cross followed by a brilliant header. But you never know. definitely <laughs> know that they're not going to score with some square passes. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, it's the, the inevitability of what happened yesterday is the crushing thing. Not, not I mean, that's fucking Arsenal and that smug bastard Arteta's there lording it up at full time. Which, yeah, don't enjoy any of that. But the inevitability of conceding some crap goals. Even the third one, you know, great strike. No one closed him down, though. Also, like, the pass. There was a pass, I think it was Lindelof, but I couldn't be sure, where he had quite a nice pass out of defence. That would have put United in a decent position, and he botched it. Yeah. I mean, just the basics. Rangnick said afterwards that United were unlucky, and he was very polite about VAR while calling it out. And that's all that's all true. Probably should have had another couple of spot kicks. Probably one of Arsenal's goals should have been chalked off. Probably Cristiano wasn't offside when he was called offside. Probably all these things went against United, and that's what happens when you're playing shit. That's what happens when you're crap. This stuff goes yeah. against you and it matters because you're not good enough to take it out of the equation and that's what good sides can do. Sure. We were just talking about injury time. So I have this is my innovation for the game of football and what an innovation is. When there are seconds left of a half and you've got a corner, say, why wouldn't you send up a goalkeeper? 
I wonder if we were, uh, I mean, I know why, because everyone's just shit scared of conceding yeah. a goal and there's almost no chance the goalkeeper will score. But actually, Looking if stupid, you know, yeah. if you if you knew how much time was left, you could do it. Yeah. Uh, sure thing, yeah. Uh, it only ever happens at the end of the game, doesn't it? It is one of the beautiful things in football when a keeper goes up and the opposition score. It, it, it hardly ever happens. I have a horror story about this. Um, yeah, yeah. I was doing... In the West, legal leagues? I was doing... No, no, no. I was doing West... I was doing the minute by minute of West Brom Liverpool. Right. Oh, last, God, yeah. And yeah. Alisson comes up and they need an equaliser. Was it an equaliser? And... Yeah. Do you know, like... And it's I that just, point that got them in the Champions League, isn't it? I just saw... I just saw it was going to happen. I swear to you that I knew... I saw that ball going for Alisson's head before even Alisson knew it was going <laughs> there because I, I had it in my mind that this is what's going to happen and I'm going to need to affect joy and excitement at seeing this momentous... seeing this momentous event. And all I actually want to do is throw either my computer, myself, or both out the window. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it was also... It was, a br- it was a brilliant header as well. And... Here we are now talking about quadruples, which is, again, I mean, we had a chance to stop this from happening in the same way you know, we had a chance to stop this from happening in 2005 sure. by beating Liverpool at home towards the end of the season. Yeah, And we couldn't in 05. We lost to a Murphy penalty and Liverpool won Champions League next season. And again, I mean, actually, we played all right in that game, but we were basically chucking them in faster than we could score them. Yeah. It, we're all Unai Emery fans now, aren't we? So maybe Villarreal can do a job on them. Well, uh, anyone, of... I don't care. City in the league, Chelsea in the cup. Well, that's the thing. And now at this point, Anything. I'd shake hands on Liverpool winning the Champions League and City winning the league. Because what, could we, well, what can we do? And I was watching the City Atletico game thinking, I mean, I think I want City to lose, but what happens if we need them? <laughs> God, what a miserable state of affairs. We, I mean, Liverpool have still got a lot of work to do. Like They've probably got to win every game. And yeah. Chelsea in the cup final... And yeah. then win two games, two ties, two, two ties in the Champions League. That is a big ask, but I it was a big ask when United did it, and I, so and the running is easy. Yeah, yeah. And so I, oh, although no. saying that Everton are currently nil nil half time as we speak with fourteen percent possession. <laughs> Apparently Lampard that, learned something under the all those years with Mourinho. Is, but this is so telling because this is what United haven't been able to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to watch United play like this, but against Liverpool, they waited to concede. The first yeah. goal came with Liverpool's first attack and it was just so easy. And then the third goal, United had that little period where they were not doing very much, but actually in the game. And then Liverpool put together one move. Yeah. And the ball goes left, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah. This is what happens when good teams play crap teams. The good team have a, the crap team have a little flurry. The good team puts together one attack that isn't even any kind of simple level triangle. Of complexity, yeah, and, simple and they triangle. score, and, and it's yeah. game over, and that's it. And Maguire's dropped for Arsenal. Was he dropped, or was it like death threat related? I mean, he was. He's very polite about it. He said after the week that Maguire's had and Varane's back. We just felt like the change would be made. But he also said after the Liverpool game, we didn't train all week to defend like that. And and I think he was pointing at Maguire then, who decided with a back three to run into midfield. I mean, he hates... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... He's just got absolutely hate these players. Of course he does. I mean, he's he can hardly hide his contempt. Talking but, of which, like, I mean, it's funny because you sort of, with the, with the changes, you're just cycling yeah. round and round because... Someone plays so badly you have to drop them that someone comes in and plays so badly you have to drop them. So you bring back the person that you drop first and round and round and round, just like an absolute 
circle of awfulness and Tellez. Goodness oh, God, me. he's awful. He's Goodness awful. Me. He's, he's awful. And, like, you know, th- there's hardly a case to be made for any of United's defenders. I mean, sure has been mediocre this season. Sure is the last and he's of the, the fullbacks you lot. sell, yeah. and that's the best yeah. you can say about him. Yeah, yeah. And then the central defenders, I mean, you'd like Varane to take more responsibility and you'd like him to be fit. The rest of them, I couldn't care less if they never played for United again. Maguire will stay because he costs so much money, and that is the only well, reason. Yeah, Maguire will stay, he'll sign a centre-back, and he'll leave next summer, basically. Yeah. Is what I, this would be my guess about what happens, because he's got to play at his age. That'll probably be what happens. There was a nice moment, I guess, when Gabriel tried it on McTominay and basically they had a bit of a roll around and it was they were broken up with McTominay basically on top of him. And what then Gabriel goes off and starts like giving high fives to Ramsdale, which is just like you just totally oh. disgraced yourself that if that was anywhere but on this pitch, like I was saying before, you'd yeah, be yeah. swallowing bees. You'd be absolutely finished. So after after Bruno uh, misses the penalty, Ramsdale gives it a big I am. I mean, he's hit the post. He's nothing to do with Ramsdale. And I, I think you said uh, he's got big Joe Hart energy. And he he really is the does. true successor to Joe Hart. A true, uh, so he thinks he's a leader of men, like a big personality. He does. Oh, man. I just so lo- love to plant one on him. <laughs> he just so deserves it. He's going to get it from someone someday. He's but. one of those keepers. He reminds me, like, obviously... As we would say when learning Talmud, the Havdil LF Havdalot, to differentiate a thousand differentiations where you're comparing right. two things that aren't comparable. But he reminds me of Ike Casillas. Obviously, Casillas was a great keeper, yep. but I very rarely saw him make what seemed like it was a great save. Things just hinge. Sure, and yeah. And Ramsdale this season has had a lot of that, where he's yeah, almost yeah. appeared to be diving out of the way of things, and they hit him. He did make a really good save from Dallow. He made a very good save from Malanga. Um, oh, Dallow, sorry, Dallow pushed it onto the post. Um, and a good save from Malanga early. Malanga, though. But, and I've said this before about him, the untidiness of the technique yeah, is, what, yeah. is really worrying. There were two, well, those two runs that he had. Rashford and Martial at the same age, I would back to score, at least, both of those to score at least one of them. He definitely needs to work on that bit. And uh, Regnick said, I think after the Liverpool game, he has to have the ball in front of him. Which again is another, you know, nice piece of public deconstruction on Alanga's game. So for a forward, he can only play in those wide positions. But if if you're by at the age, at his age, as a forward, your touch should should be better than this. Yeah. And if it isn't, it's a massive problem because why hasn't it got better by now? And what's gonna happen? Like that's the kind of thing that like you hone as a child. Yeah. So the positioning will get better. Right, you see that with Cristiano. I mean, I don't think it was obvious that he would score forty goals a season for ten seasons in a row when he was eighteen. So obviously he had the technique, but yes, Elanga's technique is a challenge, and everything else I like. I like lots about his game, but that bit is a challenge. It's the least of United's worries, honestly. That Elanga's touch isn't isn't awesome. I mean, I anyway, just, it's not about whether it's not about that. It's just when I watch him, he's someone you hope will be a United player. And I keep coming back to that one. We'll, we'll see whether Ten Hag will be able to improve it. Anyway, so shall we... Um, I think that's about it for the Arsenal game. Shall we take a mini break and talk about United nil Chelsea 4 at, on Thursday night? If you like the show, the way you can support us best is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And it really doesn't matter what you say in that review either. You can say you'd rather we talked about Manchester City 
and Liverpool. Just hit those five stars. Many thanks. Oh, man, I can't, I'd forgotten that we're going to have to <laughs> watch these again. Um, I mean, Chelsea, in fairness, aren't playing very well, so I guess they're that. But it's just like, I think the thing with United, my friend Richard said yesterday, is they've forgotten how to win. And it's a yeah. funny thing, because um, it's what Deitch said about Everton when Burnley beat them. These are don't know how to win. And it's, because if you think about, United have only won two games in the last how many, and both of them were Ronaldo hat-tricks. Yeah. It wasn't a situation where they outplayed the other team or however else you want to look at it they just yeah definitely didn't against Norwich which is yeah the only win in the last six for United is that win against and they, Norwich and, yeah, and they emerged from the only game that they've won with total disgrace and ignominy <laughs> I mean look even during the 80s when United were crap early 80s when I started supporting United and they were crap all through the 80s and into the early 90s. It never felt this bad. And maybe it's just because it's, it's the only thing I knew. Or they had players who would give it some. And there was something it felt. If, yeah, even during Fergie's early years. This isn't they, the worst United team. Like, in, they're a team that flirted a relegation in, in 89-90. But clearly, they were a worse team. But there was, you you have, like but they had this at least you have Brian Robson and Mark Hughes then. Like, two yeah. proper red legends. And yeah. also, it felt... By ninety, by the second half of eighty nine ninety, you could see that Paul Ince was going to be a brilliant player. Yeah. So yeah. that also felt like it was getting a bit better. But I mean, our standards were different then. Sure, of course. I mean, it's all context, right? But which is why, you know, I, I still haven't managed to wash off the glory years. So you know, nearly ten years after Fergie left, and I still haven't quite got used to being this crap. Maybe I should be, and maybe uh, that's a pathetic situation to be in but it's still the ignominy of being this crap having my Arsenal supporting mates text me going do you enjoy the football no of course I don't enjoy the football it's fucking miserable it's horrible and these are pathetic and I hate all of them and there's barely a player I'd like to see in the United shirt again the team is like the 89-90 team or an 86-87 when you also have Whiteside but you didn't have Hughes was that there was a couple of players you loved and then around them, there weren't players you really significantly disliked. Or so, like Clayton Blackmore was not Les Seeley, Steve Bruce were players you could you could get behind because they weren't not putting in enough. They might some sure. you had some players around that time who weren't good enough, but they were all they were all putting it in. They were all trying to be good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so apart. So at that, at that at this point, we don't have that. Like we're just seeing, it's not possible for this team to be playing any worse than they are this season. They, it couldn't have been worse this season. That's why and we're, and we're obviously expecting better as well. And that's why it's been definitely for me, in my experience, the worst season in my lifetime of following United by far. Even though, as yeah. I said, it's not it's not the worst team, but they are the worst. Yeah, I know for sure. And they're paid unbelievably well. And I know this is like again phone in territory. For years, United have been handing out contracts as a reward for failure. There's talk of Marcus Rashford getting a new contract. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I'd like to see what Ten Hag can do with him. But he shouldn't be rewarded for two dreadful seasons in a row with a mega pay rise because that's exactly the kind of thing, and I'm not picking on him particularly, but it's exactly the kind of thing that's led us to this situation where the players don't have, they don't care. They don't have any consequences for failure. The fact that they couldn't be asked to get in the Champions League 
is just couldn't be so damning. Disgusting. The way they played against Leicester and Everton, where the Champions League was really there. I win those two games, and the Champions League is there for them. Yeah, and some of them obviously know they're not going to be there next season. But Lingard wasn't playing. Don't think did Pogba play both those games? Can't, I think he did, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. But Lingard wasn't playing. Matic, Matic, like oh, some of the, they're not there. They weren't playing in those games, and. It, so we can't just say that that's why it's not just them; it's all of them. It is. It is. It is all of them as a collective. The lack of pride and accountability. I was about to compare really it to disgusting. an Agatha Christie, but I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't yet caught up with uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, so, uh, well, in, yeah. Unlike Agatha, Agatha instead Christie, we could compare. We, we know what the end Caesar. of this season looks like. You know, United have Chelsea on Thursday. They're going to lose. I mean, Chelsea's the only way United don't lose to Chelsea on Thursday is if Chelsea don't score, right? Because they're going to be better in defence and better in midfield, much better in midfield than United. So if Chelsea can't score, which is can happen, and then we have Brentford at Old Trafford, and then away to Palace with a two-week break, and it's just like they all look like United going to lose all of them. To be honest, it's hard to paint a scenario in which that doesn't happen. Maybe last day of the season, Ragnick gives goes, well, fuck it, I might as well play. 10 kids he might do that it's happened before and maybe they pull off a win like United did at where was it Wolves, Wolves. a couple of seasons ago last season was Wolves yeah. Yeah. last season last season yeah so but it's uh, sorry to be all doom and everything but it's very hard to paint a scenario in which United don't lose on Thursday and that probably means losing the next two after that as well yeah I mean they might be Brentford but they're just they yeah, they they don't know they don't know what to do to win, and Chelsea Chelsea are actually like they are struggling to score, but much more at home than away. Yeah. So the I mean, as it stands now, United have been in the Conference League, which is just miserable. Is it is it just fifth? Is it just fifth in Europa, not fifth and sixth? Yeah, just fifth because the other Europa place goes to the cup final. But that does depend on what happens in that cup final because it looks like both Chelsea and Liverpool are going to going to qualify so so we'll be the Europa League place down to sixth and the conference league down to seventh but so there are a few permanent and it also depends what West Ham do in the conf the Europa League because they win that they'll get in the Champions League and you do you Um, lose it do do you lose the Europa spot for that and you might lose the Europa spot because there is a finite number of total spots each country gets across the UEFA competitions and Leicester might win the conference league it seems Um, I mean West Ham get into Europa League with that as well West Ham I, I think yeah they've done well to avoid Leipzig as I used to call them till the final because yep. Leipzig over two legs Leipzig are a better team and obviously West Ham got loads of injuries but yep. avoiding them in the semi means that they've got what five yeah. weeks to try and yeah. find five a way to win a one-off to win yeah. a one-off game yeah West Ham West Ham actually team you think I, I would quite good at one-off games they're not in their way unlike Julio's Liverpool in that sure, yeah, they've yeah. got a way to they've got ways to score goals and they're solid at the back. Yeah, yeah. And they they were very they solid today against Chelsea. Just didn't have enough up front. And yeah, so the permutations we'll see. I don't, I don't know whether being in the Europa Conference won't provide any money except for some gate money, right? So it's not really about money. No, the about, Europa League. Do you, you do use that as some kind money. of? Yeah, Europa League can provide money. Not it definitely is a fifty million pound gap to the Champions League. So that's a big hole in the transfer budget. Clearly, that's a, a top class midfielder or something like that. But the conference won't provide anything. Or a midfielder who may or may not be top class. 
Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. So, yeah, it's not a great scenario in or out of the Conference League. I think that financially, you've got to be in the Europa League, really, given what the, the work that needs doing on the squad. We yeah. need to be. We need to be in the Europa League if we can. Plus, it's an extra route into the Champions League, and you may get a favourable group stage draw in which you can play some younger players, or the team gets a chance to bond. So. I think you would probably you would want you you would have to. It is. It sucks. That it's on a Thursday night because honestly, like you know, he wants to do that. But so you have that rotation of Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, all the time. Oh, that's just so the beginning, like the early stages of the Europa are just yeah. Anyway, being a bit presumptuous because we haven't qualified for that yet. But not being in anything gives the manager time to gives the manager a lot of time on the training ground. Yeah, 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 and that is a bonus for sure with a new manager for sure. Uh, and I think Rangnick has talked about that. This his lack of time being in the Champions League for the first part of his you know, time here at United, uh, and yeah, you know, I I don't know whether if he had double the amount of time on the training ground whether these dumb bastards would actually take anything on board or not. So it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, yeah. We're, it's remedials, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we're finding new ways to be like doom laden. We're being doom laden about next season. Anyway, no, back I'm excited we're going to talk a little bit more about next season yeah, I'm excited and for what next it season. might look like. Yeah. There's like, there's interesting stuff. All right. We'll go into this in depth for the backers, but there's a new director of football, new technical director. Director, there'll be a new. There's new CEO and there's a new manager, right? So it's new, 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 new. It's it's a total reset. And Rangnick has said we need five, six, or ten new players, and and we'll see whether United have the capacity to do that for the new manager or whether he's going to be hung out to dry or not. Anyway, so that'll be our backers content chat. Patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod if you want to hear me and Dan and Tom and Wayne talk shit about football in general but specifically this week, what's coming next.